Hi, I'm Ari Kagan, and I have never had a nickname. At least not one that I know of. As someone who's just finished watching The Sopranos, nicknames are all I can think about. If you have one, it means people respect you, or at least know enough about you to disrespect you. They're fascinating. To the Native Americans, nicknames would represent how you were seen by others. And as the ever-curious person that I am, I think it's time to try and get a nickname of my own. You're listening to Things You Don't Need to Know, and this episode is all about nicknames. I think we should start by asking, why get a nickname if you already have a name? After all, in their simplest form, names are just what we use to refer to each other by. Like every other word, they're descriptors. If I say turn on the air conditioner, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Unlike air conditioners, names are our identity. This can be good, bad, or funny. For example, my last name is Kagan, which means they shit in Spanish. Every time I go through Mexican customs, they know. They don't say anything, but I know they know. Anyway, the point is surnames have a lot of meaning attached to them. Whether it's familial connection, a reference to where you came from, or it was bestowed upon thee by the Jokers at Ellis Island. But what about your first name? A title that I'm assuming was given to you by your loving parents. Alright, I just wanted to take a quick second to ask my mom a question. How did I get my name? Well, you got your name in a number of different ways. First, I was thinking about Avi. Avi was my friend Arlen's father's name, and then... Ari was Lion of God, and I realized it was my other best friend's name backwards, Ira, I-R-A, and A-R-I, and that's how I picked it. Lion of God is a hell of a lot better than they shit, so I decided to speak with an expert on baby names about how to transition my regular name into a nickname. I am Jennifer Moss. I am the founder and CEO of babynames.com and co-host and producer of the Baby Names podcast. How did you first become interested in in names? Oh my gosh. Ever since I was a kid, I was kind of obsessed with names. And apparently now I know that that's a thing, but I've always been obsessed. I've looked in the phone books and would like read out funny names to my mom and things like that. Jennifer's love for names would of course carry into naming her own child. I think we really went back to family names. Um, When I was dating my soon-to-be husband, I found out that his mother's maiden name was Miranda, and that had always been one of my favorite names because it's a Shakespeare name, and I was all into Shakespeare. And even before, you know, we conceived, even before we got married, even before he proposed, I was like, yeah, that's going to be our daughter's name. And uh, it ended up being our daughter's name. Did you like your name as a child? Well, I was a Jennifer. And Jennifer was the number one name for like 20 years. So it was very prevalent. And, you know, people talk about not being able to find their names on keychains. Well, I wasn't because they were always all sold out. But I always loved my name. And I still do. Did you ever have a nickname? You know, I was in college in the 80s. And all my sorority sisters call me Niff. And they call me Niff to this day. (laughs) It still feels good when they're like, hey, Niff. Jennifer's name is really common, so it makes sense that people had to differentiate her by calling her Niff. My name, in America at least, is not all that common, so coming up with a nickname is not very natural. Oh, I just wanted to take a second to point out something that people ask me all the time, which is, is Ari my my real full name? And yep, it is. If you look on my birth certificate, it's just three letters, A-R-I. When you were first kind of creating the website, 
How did you find this information? Um, I went to a lot of different sources. I did a lot of research and I recruited my family to help me. So it ended up turning into a family business when it started blowing up and I couldn't handle it all on my own. So my sister and I did a lot of research through books and name dictionaries. And, you know, early on we had message boards um, because that was the big thing back in the day. And a lot of name enthusiasts joined and even um, in people who studied names like for a living. And we met Dr. Cleveland Kent Evans back in the 90s and um, he helped us out a lot too. My name is Cleveland Evans and I am a retired psychology professor at Belleville University. I've been active in the American Name Society for many years, and I ran the Name of the Year contest until I retired. Dr. Evans is an onomast, which is a name for a person who studies names. I've been interested in names since I was a small child. I usually tell people sort of facetiously that it it comes from being named Cleveland and having to grow up in a suburb of Buffalo, you know? Uh, (laughs) Uh, One of my nicknames when I was a child was Ohio, which I did not care for back then. The one thing that could be considered a nickname for me is that my family sometimes calls me R, but it's not special, it's just lazy. I've never even thought of it as a nickname. And according to Dr. Cleveland, it doesn't count. Most people will use the term nickname for things that are really just shortened versions of the official given name, like Will or Willie from uh, William. Linguistic experts will call those like pet names or something fancy like hypochoristic, you know, um, and say a nickname are only the things which don't have a linguistic relationship to your given name. Nicknames are less common than they used to be, especially among um, things like sports figures. One of the places you can find a whole bunch of them quickest is to look at baseball statistics. You can find books that have a list of all professional baseball players since the beginning of professional baseball, which is well over a century now. And one of the things they have in those books is the baseball players' nicknames because there's all sorts of baseball players that were known primarily, you know, in the media, the first the newspapers and later on radio and TV by, by nicknames. Nicknames in baseball is such an integral part of the... Uh, all right, give me a second. Hello? Hey, thanks for picking up. Chris from the Bronx. Oh, Jesus. You bring up baseball and all of a sudden people call your podcast like it's sports talk radio. My name is Christopher Frangoulis. I'm basically a lifelong baseball fan. Great. So you can tell me something about baseball nicknames. There's uh, Bucketfoot Al, Al Simmons. Lance Berkman, who's called Fat Elvis. Uh, (laughs) Wait, wait. Why? I mean, saying Fat Elvis seems redundant, but he, he just looks like Elvis. Uh, and then there are like those nicknames that people don't realize are nicknames. Babe Ruth, his real name being George. Yogi Berra, like Yogi was his nickname. His real name was Lawrence. There's also just the cool, fun, lighthearted nicknames uh, like the Flying Dutchman, Onus Wagner, or the Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig, the Commerce Comet, Mickey Mantle, <laughs> the Big Hurt, Frank Thomas, or the Gray Eagle, Tris Beaker. Or my personal favorite, which probably goes more into the immortal category because it ended up becoming his name, but Smokey Joe Wood. I mean, I've done my research on this. Anyone out there is open to correcting me, but I'm very certain that it's the first time 
somebody has used the term like smoke to describe like speed in that sense. Like he throws smoke. Oh, interesting. And th- you know that's Wait, when was when did he play? Like 1910. Huh. Also one of my personal favorites, Shoeless Joe Jackson, whose real name was Joseph Jefferson Jackson. So like he was itching for a nickname. How did he get the name? Chris then proceeded to read me a Wikipedia page. Jackson had blisters on his foot from a new pair of cleats, which hurt so much that he took his shoes off before he was at bat. As play continued, a heckling fan noticed Jackson running to third base in his socks and shouted, You shoeless son of a gun, you! And the resulting <laughs> nickname, Shoeless Joe, stuck with him throughout the remainder of his life. Wow. Okay. You shoeless son of a gun, you. And I left out the splendid splinter Ted Williams, but he played for the Red Sox, so fuck him. Well, thanks for coming on. That was great. Do you have a nickname? Uh, no. I, I mean, yeah, I've, I do. There's, I have Francis and Franny and all these other ones that I had from, like, high school. And why, what about you? Do you have a nickname? I don't. Oh, well, at least none that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> After the break, I get a nickname. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. My friend Tyler does have a nickname. It's T-Bone, and it's the first thing that comes to mind whenever I think of one of my friend's nicknames. So surely he has to know how to get a nickname. I think I was called it at like a daycare when I was a young kid, and I just like despised it because I despised the daycare. Up until about a couple years ago, Tyler would get a sour look on his face whenever we called him T-Bone. So naturally, we all called him T-Bone. As a big Seinfeld fan, I find this quite interesting, because in Season 9, Episode 19, entitled The Maid, George tries to give himself the nickname T-Bone. He really likes it, and he thinks it fits him well, but his co-workers have other ideas. I'm supposed to be (laughs) T-Bone. You're not a T-Bone. You're a perfect George. 
nicknames for the most part are things that other people give to you and often they are things which uh, are characteristics other people pick out uh, that aren't necessarily uh, positive or attractive or or that are things that they're teasing you about I mean one of the main reasons I did not like Ohio as a nickname was because unfortunately I was a chubby child some kids in calling me Ohio's because it's round at both ends and high in the middle you know and that that fit me because I was fat that's the reason I hated it Unfortunately, it seems to me that one of the marks of a really good nickname, or at least one that reaches mass adoption among people who know it, is that it annoys the person who has it. It pushes their buttons, it's maybe even a form of bullying. Yeah, it might come from a good place, but let's be honest, if Tyler had liked the name T-Bone, we definitely wouldn't have called him that as much. Also, he got the name at a daycare. And I mean no disrespect, but I want to earn my name. You know, like a gangster. For example, Israel Ice Pick Willie Alderman, a mob enforcer who killed people by putting an ice pick through their ear. Or Anthony Tony Rotrampino, the name first implying how good he was at drug trafficking, and then later because John Gotti Sr. thought he resembled a cockroach. And finally my favorite, Ciro the Artichoke King Terranova, a Sicilian who came to New York in the late 1800s and made his fortune reselling artichokes. And helped establish one of the first Italian-American crime families. All right, on second thought, killing people or committing various crimes to get a nickname is not really my speed. Um, so I'm instead going to call my partner in crime, my producer, Harry Nelson, to help figure it out. Do, have, you, have you ever heard anyone call you a nickname? Sometimes people call me hair. Sometimes people call me hair bear. I've had hair bear before. You like that? That's terrible. But you don't have a nickname. I don't, no. Not that I know of. Well, we can come up with some. But you guys don't call me something behind my back? Sometimes I call you boy genius. No, uh, what about like R-Star? R-Star. Or Starry. Starry Kagan. Um, I, I don't what, like them, so we're off to a good start. Or do, th- or do you think, so should it involve your name, or should it be like the big kahuna? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, I, do you think nicknames should be shorter than the person's name? Yes and no. Because if, if, if somebody has a long name, yeah. But if my name's three letters, mm-hmm. and you're shortening it to R... It just makes me think you're lazy. I once knew a guy whose name was, I'm trying to remember names, but he had like one nickname that became another nickname that became another nickname. And then by the end of it, his nickname was like Girl Shoe or something. (laughs) I think that a trademark of a good nickname is something that is longer than your real name because it means people are willing to say a ridiculously long name to get the same point across. But it should be fun to say too. Like it needs to be something that's like PP Head or something. Like that's cool. That could be your nickname. They could. Pee-pee head. Because it's not like a swear, but it's still a little naughty. After that fruitless conversation with Hair Bear, I went back to the experts. I did a presentation to the American Name Society a couple of years ago on how the internet changed baby naming, because it really did. Before the internet, people would look in books, baby names books. That was the main place that you went to for the top of the charts and to see what was trending and to just browse. And those books would be maybe two to five years old. And because a book took back then about a year and a half to publish and even more from the research part of it. So the lists weren't really current. And what we found out is that parents like to stay away from the top 10 names. So by the time it hits one, two or three, parents are like, oh, okay, that's overdone. I wanna stay away from it. 
So for example, Jennifer was the number one name for 20 years. If something hits the number one spot now, it might stay for maybe three to five years or less um, because parents want to avoid that. And they don't want them to be like one of X Aidens in the classroom, you know. In the last 25 years, the percentage of baseball players who go by nicknames and are called by nicknames in the media has really gone down. As for why that is, uh, it may be that uh, things are more pejorative, but also it may be that people's actual given names are more varied now. Uh, you know, a hundred years ago, you had a really high percentage of guys who were all, you know, John and Bill and Jim. And so you had to use nicknames in a sense to keep them apart from each other. But today, the top names, you know, don't make it over 1% of babies born and uh, where it used to be 5 or 6% sometimes. And so uh, maybe we don't need nicknames as much anymore because the given names are more varied. So maybe I'm just out of luck. Given the general rarity of my name in English-speaking countries, also, if I've learned anything from George Costanza, it's that if you try to give yourself a nickname, it'll backfire terribly. I will be known as Coco the Monkey. So I would really appreciate it if you could give me a nickname. Comment it on all my social media posts, and you know what? If none of them stick, at least it'll really confuse people. So with that being said, please do not call me Peepee Head. And as always, thanks for listening. Things You Don't Need to Know is a Hyper Object Industries production. The show is hosted and written by me, Ari Kagan, and produced by Harry Nelson, Claire Slaughter, Jordan Allen, and also me. Additional help from Daniel Truomatis, our executive producer is Adam McKay. If you like Things You Don't Need to Know, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and hit subscribe. Also, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review. And you know what? While you're leaving a review, don't even write a review. Just leave whatever you think my new nickname should be. I can absolutely guarantee that I'll see it because we don't have that many reviews. Also, if you need another reason to leave a review, next week we're doing an episode about secret societies, and the only way to get into the secret society will be to leave a review of this podcast. That's not entirely true, but uh, you'll have to listen to the episode to find out, and it's not out for another week, which gives you seven whole days to do it. So go do that, and for the first time, Big Kahuna out. Big Kahuna out.